Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello there. Welcome to the program. My name is Gary Zimak. I'm going to be with you for the next 30 minutes. Thank you so much for spending some time, for stopping by. I look forward to talking about these readings. You know, I can't believe this. We, this week, will be discussing the Mass readings for the third Sunday of Lent. Believe it or not, there are five Sundays in Lent. And of course, there's Palm Sunday, followed by Easter Sunday. But we're already, today, focusing on the third Sunday of Lent. Don't let that upset you. Don't panic. Maybe your Lent's not going as well as you think it should. Let the Holy Spirit be in charge of your progress for Lent. Just do the best you can. And, uh, you know, even if you haven't done much of anything, still got several weeks left. So do not panic. Today we are, and I, and I find this interesting uh, with these readings today. The theme that I get in praying over the readings is treating God with respect. Now, depending on the decision made by your parish, there are other readings that could be used. I'm going to go with the traditional readings for the third Sunday of Lent, but just in case you hear alternate readings, a different gospel, different first reading, don't panic. Just treat that as the Holy Spirit giving you some additional insight. But I, it really depends on the individual diocese and really the individual parish as to what readings will be used. But we're going to be using the standard traditional readings for the third Sunday of Lent. And again, the theme that I get is treating God with respect. I know it sounds like a no-brainer. We need to treat God with respect. But as you're going to hear in these readings, that doesn't always happen. And any of us can be guilty of maybe not treating God the way God should be treated, maybe not loving him enough. But, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons we have Lent, to be able to work on that. So we're going to be talking about that through the entire program. I'm going to give you some more information about Lent, just say a few things. We will do that right after we pray. Right now, let's treat our Heavenly Father with the respect that He deserves by turning to Him in prayer, recognizing that He's listening, recognizing that He loves us, recognizing that He is our Heavenly Father, and recognizing that we deserve to talk to Him in a certain way that He deserves, I should say, us to talk to Him in a certain way because He's God. So please join me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, 
What a great privilege and honor it is to be with you, to be able to have a conversation with you, Father. Um, a lot of times we we look at celebrities, powerful people, and we think, if only I could have a few moments with them, if only I could call them up or text them or see them in person, we, we would be so grateful for that opportunity. And yet here we are, given the ability to have a conversation with Almighty God, but even more importantly, to have been adopted by Almighty God. You, Father, adopted us as your children when we were baptized. We're very grateful for that. Thank you for letting us t- spend a little time with you. Father, We, um, as we go through Lent, we want to draw closer to you. We want to draw closer to your Son, Jesus. We hope to correct some of the issues Maybe times that um, there are certain things in our lives that need to be eliminated, need to be, uh, we need to spend a little bit less time concentrating on certain things. Maybe we're wasting time, whatever the reason is. We are trying to draw closer to you during this Lenten season. We need your help. Please give us, give us the grace we need to make that happen, to draw closer to you, to overcome our bad habits, to overcome our desire to commit sins to offend you. Please increase our, respe- our, our, our reverence for you, Father. Please help us to better appreciate who you are and how you should be treated and how much you love us. Help us to appreciate those things. Father, we pray for all of our needs. Give us, Father, this day our daily bread. And Father, grant us the grace, please, to avoid committing any sins. Grant us the grace. We need the grace. Please forgive us for any transgressions we may have committed. And please help us to better focus on your message spoken through Scripture, especially during this Lenten season. Father, I pray for a special outpouring of the Holy Spirit to come upon me so that I can deliver the message you would like me to deliver. Please open all of our hearts and all of our minds to be receptive to that message. And as we always do, Father, we ask these things in the most holy and sacred name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, as always, for praying with me. And um, my name is Gary Zimek, and I'm really grateful to be able to spend this time with you. I want to thank any of the Catholic radio stations that are airing this program. I know there are several around the U.S. I'm also grateful to the podcasting services that make this program available in the podcast form. So however you listen to it, I want to thank whoever is responsible for getting it into your hands. And last but not least, I want to thank you for showing up, for spending this time with me. If it wasn't for you, there wouldn't be a show. So I'm very grateful for the fact that you... You deem this program worthy of spending uh, of, of, of spending some time with. Um, thank you very much for that. I want to, just a couple items of business. My website is followingthetruth.com. If you would like to find out more about the work that I do, I've gotten some inquiries about talks and parish missions for later in 2024 and even in 2025. If you'd like to find out how to bring me to your parish, you can do so at followingthetruth.com. You can also, while you're there, sign up for my daily email reflection. 
It is called Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. During Lent, though, we have shifted over, if you're a subscriber, you know this, to a Give Up Worry for Lent theme. It's based on the book that I, I've written in 2019. And... Um, we're shifting over. Um, I'm highlighting, uh, giving a little additional information, some some updated insight into the daily reflections in that book in my, my daily email reflection. So once Len is over, we're going to go back to our usual format of commenting. I'll go back to the usual format of commenting on the daily mass readings. But if you'd like to sign up, doesn't cost you anything. You can unsubscribe whenever you'd like. You get one email from me each day. It's very easy to read. doesn't take too much of your time. All you need to do is go to followingthetruth.com, and on the right-hand side, I think it's the second box down, on the right-hand side of every page of the website, you'll see sign up for Gary's Daily Email Reflection. Just click on that, you submit your email address, and you're done. That's it. And then you are subscribed. So followingthetruth.com is the place to go. And um, I don't think I mentioned it on this show yet, but... Being it, it, very soon, and I don't know exactly when, but I know very soon, my Advent book is going to be available. It's called Find Peace in Advent. I'm going to make the official announcement using the daily email reflection as soon as I find out that the book's available. So it might be a good idea if you're interested in, in finding out about that book, which essentially is a give up worry for Lent type devotional designed for the Advent season. Uh, very similar in format to Give Up Worry for Lent. If you'd like to find out about that and know exactly when the book is available available for pre-order, which is going to be soon, sign up for the daily email reflection at followingthetruth.com. And as always, if you have questions, you can email me at gary at followingthetruth.com. All right, let's give God a little respect. Let's talk about these readings. Now, I'm looking through them. I am going to go with, um, let's see what we have. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find it. I've got multiple choices here. I am going to go with the shorter form, the shorter form of the um, of this particular reading. Again, there are multiple choices. I do not want to mess this up. I, I want to make sure that... Um, I, I want you to understand that, that there are multiple choices, and I'm just going with the basic readings for the third Sunday of Lent. As we always do, we're going to start with the gospel. Today is John's gospel, chapter 2, verses 13 through 25. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen, and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of Scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he, raised, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many began to believe in his name. 
when they saw the signs he was doing. But Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. Now, you know, this is one of those memorable gospel passages where, where we, we've heard it many times and we, we get these images, these mental images of Jesus losing his cool and overturning the tables, completely flipping out in the temple because people were making a mockery of what was supposed to happen there. They were, they were selling things and doing things, they were taking it to the extreme. It started out, maybe they were doing the right things, selling animals for the sacrifice uh, that would be given in the temple. But it, it got to the point where they were just looking at this as a money-making operation. One point I do want to make is, I, I, I was giving a talk one time, this was several years ago, and um, somebody was talking about imperfections and how we all tend to mess up, how we all tend to lose our cool and do things we shouldn't do, say things we shouldn't say. And a person came up to me and said, well, even Jesus wasn't perfect because, look, he got mad in the temple. Here's the deal. Jesus was perfect. Jesus never committed any sin. He didn't lose his cool in the temple. What Jesus exhibited here was a righteous anger. He was ang- And anger is not necessarily a sin. Not all anger is sinful. We got to be careful because a lot of times anger can become sinful. But there should be a righteous indignation or anger about maybe the things of God being profaned, the temple being profaned, not God wasn't being respected. He wasn't given the proper worship that and praise that he deserved. And in this case, that was the anger exhibited by Jesus. He, he was, had every right. It was not that he got angry because somebody was treating him unfairly. Jesus was just, um, Jesus was just reacting to the people, not following the law, the law of Moses, not treating God with the respect that he deserves. That's what was happening here. So it's not like he lost control. Jesus doesn't lose control. He's not like us. He doesn't lose control. But he needed to do this to get the people's attention. And again, it's a dramatic image when we picture it. But it's not like he had some kind of a weakness and he had he had anger management issues and he had to go and, and work on it later. No, he knew what he was doing. and He was totally justified for doing it. Let's look at the first reading, Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. In those days, God delivered all these commandments. I, the Lord, am your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, the place of slavery. You shall not have other gods besides me. You shall not carve idols for yourselves in the shape of anything in the sky above or in the earth below or in the waters below the earth. You shall not bow down before them or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, inflicting punishment for their father's wickedness on the children of those who hate me down to the third and fourth generation, but bestowing mercy down to the thousandth generation on the children of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave unpunished the one who takes his name in vain. Remember to keep holy the Sabbath day, Six days you may labor and do all your work, but the seventh day 
is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. No work may be done then either by you or by your son or daughter or your male and female slave or your beast or by the alien who lives with you. In six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord has blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that you may have a long life in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male or female slave, nor his ox or ass, nor anything else that belongs to him. So, so what you see here is a series of commandments, of instructions on how we should behave, how we should live our lives, how we should love God, and how we should love our neighbors. And that's the great thing about the Lord. He gives us guidelines. And you know, in today's world, commandments, instructions, sin, none of these things are very popular because we do not like authority. We as a people, we as a civilization don't like authority. And a lot of people just don't like the church because they don't want to be told what to do. But, you know, here's what's interesting, and I'm not sure if we talked about it on this show or on my daily five-minute podcast, but God knows what will make us happy. He wants us to be happy. You know, the the teachings of the church, contrary to the belief of some people, they are not designed to take away all your fun. The way some people talk sometimes, the, the, the commandments and teachings of the church they are not designed to make you miserable because God knows what makes us happy. We often don't know what makes us happy. I can tell you stories throughout my life when I thought I would find things that would make me happy and ultimately I was miserable after doing these things that didn't make me happy. God alone can give us lasting happiness. And here's the beautiful thing. He not only wants that for us in this life, which, by the way, he does. God wants you to be happy. Even though there is suffering in this life, God wants you to be happy, and it is possible for you to be happy in this life if, if you stay close to him, if you follow his commandments. But he also, not just in this life, he wants you to be happy with him forever in heaven, in the next life, which is going to last forever. And that's why he gives us commandments. And that's why during Lent, we we meditate on this and we the church gives us plenty of readings to help us to understand that we have often departed from the way God wants us to live, even if it's in small ways. And during Lent, we're given this opportunity to refocus our lives back on God, to remember how important it is to have a relationship with Him and to recognize the problem areas and then to cooperate with the grace that he gives us in order to make changes to those areas of our lives that don't please him, but also that cause us misery. Because the only way we can possibly be happy in this life is by doing God's will, even when it requires suffering. I know that sounds crazy, but you may have gone through it. You may be going through it right now. There's a certain peace that goes along with doing God's will. 
even if it involves suffering. So God tells us what he expects from us. He gives us commandments. He established a church to help us to live the right way in order to make him happy, but also to make us happy. And I say to make God happy. You can't, we can't make God happy. God is infinitely happy. He's happy. He doesn't have emotions. God doesn't change from day to day. God is perfectly happy. But, you know, in a sense, sometimes it's hard to come up with words to describe things that are uh, really indescribable. Well, it pleases God. You know, God, God's not going to have a bad day if we're messing up because he's God. He's always happy. But, and again, I realize this is imperfect language, but it pleases God when we do his will. And in the end, it makes us happy too, even though we don't always understand that. The uh, responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 19. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. Uh Uh-huh, that's for sure. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. You know, in other words, God's telling us what to do. Not to take our fun away, but to make us happy and to make sure that we end up in heaven. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. They are more precious than gold, than a heap of purest gold, sweeter also than syrup or honey from the comb. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. The Lord tells us what we need to do in order to reach our heavenly home. And again, this is what we focus on during Lent. Lent's that time. It's that intense period of, of uh, it's like a big 40-day retreat where we, we attempt to retreat from the things of the world, the distractions, the noise. And you know, as well as I do, there's a lot of it out there. And focus more on him and listen to his voice. And during the Lenten season, the church gives us hand-picked specific mass readings both daily and Sunday, to help us, to guide us down this road, to help us to prepare, to recognize our bad habits, our imperfections, our tendency to sin, and then to make a correction, take some sort of corrective action based upon the grace that the Lord gives us. So Lent is really a great time. And, uh, and I'm, I'm glad you're taking time to listen to this program. That shows that you do take your faith seriously. Because I know you wouldn't tune into this um, otherwise. You take your faith seriously. You're trying to get better. You want to become holy. And with God's help, that is possible. And we're going to really continue to focus on that during Lent. Let us now go to our second reading. And again, I man, I got multiple choices here. We're going to go with the basic one. St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1, beginning in verse 22. Paul writes this, Brothers and sisters, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those who are called, Jews and Greeks alike, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. The weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Now, you know, again, kind of like what I was saying earlier about using imperfect human language to describe God, who is perfect and who is infinitely greater than we are, uh, the language falls short. 
So Paul is saying for the foolishness of God, God's not foolish in any way, but again, he's using language that sorts, it helps us to understand. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. So the foolishness of God, if he had foolishness, which he doesn't, is infinitely smarter than the human wisdom. And the weakness of God, which again, he has no weakness because he's all-powerful, the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Essentially, you know what Paul's saying, right? God is a lot smarter and more powerful than we are. God is God and we're not. And that is such an important message. And this ties into that theme of treating God with respect, treating God like God. When we sin, we don't do that. When we sin, we treat God as inferior to ourselves. I want this pleasure doing this evil thing, whatever it may be, and we're talking about sin here. It's going to feel good. I know I'm not supposed to do it. I know it's morally wrong, but man, it's going to feel good. And you know what, God? I'm sorry, but I'm doing it anyway. That's not treating God with respect. That's not recognizing God for who he is. And really, when you look at that gospel today, when Jesus overturned the tables in the temple, the people there, they were treating the temple strictly as a marketplace. It wasn't a place place of worship to them. They weren't treating God with the respect that he deserved. And, you know, as, as humans, we don't always know what we're supposed to do. Sometimes we don't know how we're supposed to live our life in a way that gives glory and honor to the Lord. We don't know that. That's why in that first reading today, you saw those commandments and those guidelines on how we should, or, and how the people, I mean, remember, that was Old Testament, so that was a few thousand years before the birth of Christ. Christ really enhanced the commandments and gave them, he beefed them up a little bit, gave them a bit more depth. But essentially, the people were being taught, the Israelites were being taught, this is how God wants you to live. This is how you honor God. This is how you treat him respect with respect by living this way. Those words came from the Lord because he knows that we need help with that. He knows that we need help with that because we don't necessarily know. You know, the guys in the temple, maybe they didn't think they were doing anything wrong selling uh, their merchandise. But Jesus had to, to intervene and let them know that you're, you're not pleasing God with this behavior treating God with respect. And, and, and as we bring this program to a close, I guess we've got a couple minutes left, if that. Um, Lent's the perfect time to work on that. We all do it. We all end up treating God with less respect than he deserves. Sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it. Sometimes it's very subtle. We don't intend to do it sometimes. Sometimes we do intend. Sometimes we don't care. But during Lent, we work on improving on that, or at least we're given the opportunity to work on improving that. And that's what, that's what we're going to continue to do. I, I, I really want to thank you for stopping by today, for spending a little time with me. Next week is uh, the fourth Sunday of Lent, so we're going to be talking about the Mass readings for the fourth Sunday of Lent on the next show. We are really, uh, we're making our way through the Lenten season. At times, it could seem to drag but, you know, I, here's what I feel about that. I think it's a good thing that it is a long period of time because if it were shorter, we wouldn't have as much time to make corrections. Sometimes we start out 
on the right foot. We Everything's good. We're going to really try hard. We're going to do this, do that. Here are my resolutions. We're going to do all this during Lent. And we mess up periodically because it's a long period of time. But then we also have more time to make some corrections and to get back on track and to to recognize that, yes, we slipped up and um, we get we have an opportunity to get back on track and really try to make the most of this Lent. I hope you're doing that. Listen, I am praying for you. Please continue to pray for me. As you listen to this, I am um, I'm speaking in Wyoming, so I hope you're going to get a chance to, uh, hope you will pray for me. I'm doing a lot of traveling during this Lenten season. Please keep me in your prayers. I know you will, and I will do the same for you. If you'd like to make a donation to keep my ministry going, you can go to followingthetruth.com and do that. It's very much needed and very much appreciated. Thank you for everything. God bless you, and I look forward to joining you next time on the program. Bye-bye.